Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by two of your faves, Rachel and Chloe. Hello. Wow, you did it. We did it. <laughs> they made like intense eye contact before they did that synchronized you know i'm always open to constructive criticism and Mm -hmm. i'll rise to a challenge okay good because that's all i have to offer don't ever criticize me i'm sensitive (laughs) i will lash out in ways that you cannot imagine imagine. yeah yeah watch your back hard same uh how are you guys feeling great good that's awesome um so while we're in the pop culture section I have some recommendations that I want to save for hour two. Ooh, okay. But in hour, the first hour, I'll just ask you guys, did you see SNL? No. no. Oh, it's real good. Oh. Uh, I mean, it has to be with Donald, Donald Glover. Donald Glover did. I know, I love job. him. So this is so insane. So like, obviously, he auditioned for SNL, yeah. which they yeah. talk about in the monologue. And he's hysterical. So it was like, he's basically made to host SNL. But then... So he was the musical guest as Childish Gambino, yeah. and it, that was great. But did you see, while all this was happening, he is, like, peaking right now. He's going to be in the Star Wars film. Oh, yeah. He's what? literally in yeah. living his I life. Know that. Yeah, solo. Oh, my. I know. And he dropped a new music video, This Is America. Oh, I haven't seen, I it. Haven't Ooh, seen it. It's so good. It's oh. very, um, much like this season of Atlanta, very surreal. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It's He's great. Like one of those people, like you see artists and you're like, oh, they're so good. But like, I, I see how they like built their talent and like got there. He just like is on another, like, I can't comprehend how talented he is. Yeah. He actually is. Um, oh, I just see, I sh- should turn your mic up, Chloe. Sorry about that. Uh, Chloe just made a very good soft point. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chloe yeah. whispered it into our ears. <laughs> he really is like a renaissance man. He can do anything. Um, and I also feel like Donald Glover now is what we wanted Kanye to be. Mm. And Kanye was never going to be that. I don't even want to put them on the same plane. Mm. Well, no, there was Kanye's a while. Like, cuckoo. think about Kanye before. I mean, Kanye was always problematic, but think about Kanye pre super super problematic kanye yeah. where he was just being a musical genius yeah, and yeah. Were like oh he's so fucking talented and good and then he went off the fucking rails yeah. and i feel like donald glover is now at that level of artist like i remember when people made fun of him for rapping yeah yeah they were like, like why is the funny guy trying to be a yeah. rapper and, and oh, he's so great he's so good at it and that like he's such a talented musician and now i feel like he's like finally found his real voice yeah yeah um, i um i hope like because he had like a lot of i don't know if he still does trouble with like uh i don't know i guess it was like drugs like I, we've talked about it yeah I think. he he had a moment yeah yeah which i feel like kanye is kind of going through now like his own mel- mental illness and stuff like that and i just yeah. hope like that doesn't continue or start again with uh donald glover because then it kind of perpetuates like so much like, more t- like i get i get it like kanye is a musical genius yeah but Donald Glover is everything. Oh, no, no. Like, I, I, I agree. I'm just saying I hope he doesn't, like, have some kind of breakdown where it perpetuates that, like, oh, okay. to be a great artist, you gotta be, do that shit. It's that yeah. double-edged sword thing where it's, like, oftentimes the things that make you a creative genius are the one are the that things that uh-huh. can, like, push you into experimentation and, like, dangerous areas totally. as well. Yeah. Not always. I think there's also a cliche that, like, geniuses are always tortured and like drug yeah, addicts and, and like, you can't get help because you'll lose not, your genius that's yeah, why yeah. i can't eat too many snacks that's right you guys have never seen rachel in a full snack frenzy <laughs> but it like don't get in her way watch out don't get in her way you were insane when we were at birdie <laughs> i ha- to be fair i had not eaten dinner and i think for lunch that day i ate like avocado and rice like something healthy right yeah well you set yourself up came out with vengeance <laughs> yeah she did um birdies is a bar in brooklyn that gives free snacks which yeah. is a like genius. good snacks like genius business idea it's it's, it's utz party mix That's which is a good a snack. snack but yeah. it's usually I feel it's like, a tub of party snacks yeah which like is like my jam into. yeah <laughs> um 
but yeah rachel was just going hard i just (laughs) i like a little something to munch on do you remember yelling at me and chloe that it was our turn (laughs) yes because it was your turn (laughs) we did have a rotation and i wasn't the only one eating no 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 i just did a lot I carried a lot of the weight. You were very yeah. like on the fact that we were running low yes. on snacks. There's yes. um, a picture that now exists in the ethos mm. of Rachel holding two bowls of party mix and like four or five full margaritas <laughs> in, in front, front of, of you. Yeah. And it's such a good picture. I is. might frame it. And yeah. Uh, gift it to both of you. God bless yeah. you. Oh my God. I'll hang it in my apartment. I'll do it. I'll tattoo in it. Don't think our apartment. What is happening? I can't wait to get out of this place. <laughs> my buzzer's been broken for a month. Why, guys? Why is why? it so hard to fix a fucking buzzer? Anywho, um, while we are still in the pop culture section, oh, guys, it's a Monday episode, so that means I have a great interview for you. Yay. Um, I spoke with Sarah Kenzier. She's an amazing journalist, author. Um, you should follow her on Twitter already, but if you don't, it's Sarah with an H, Kenzier. And she has a new book out called The View from Flyover Country. It's wonderful. She is one of the people who is making very accurate predictions about Trump (laughs) that turned out uh, to all be true. And she was accused of the time of um, being very hyperbolic and exaggerating. Turns out, not the case, guys. So that interview will be coming up in a second. Also, um, I wanted to talk about, guys, I don't know if you heard about this, um, the Juno Diaz? No, I haven't okay. heard Okay, all right. Situation. Um, accusations. So Juno Diaz is a very um, brilliant author. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I think I recommended one of his books on the show like a, a while ago. But um, he wrote uh, This Is How You Lose Her. Um, oh, and yeah. you know that one, Chloe? I haven't read it, but I know that book. Yeah, I, I heard yeah. a little... Um, Grunt of recognition? <laughs> Not grunt, <laughs> but like, oh, Ooh. coup of recognition. Me, Chloe, I know. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, so, yeah, and I, I, I feel like it's important to acknowledge that he is a brilliant author because he was greeted with a lot of excitement when he first, like, emerged on the scene as an author, um, especially, like, in the Latino community. Yeah. And, like... It. I want to treat the sexual misconduct allegations very seriously with at the same time, like I saw a lot of posts from Latino people who like felt bad that they had praised him so mm, much. Yeah. And I'm like, I think you can still acknowledge that his work is amazing and praiseworthy, but also he's a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. And not feel bad that you were excited that there was a Latino author that you were really excited about yeah. You know? yeah uh but anyway so last month um and i we talked about this on the show as well uh juno wrote this really um lauded piece for the new yorker about his experience of having been uh, raped as a child and how his trauma continues to affect him in his adult life and um there have been some people who have alleged that he wrote this piece because he was trying to deflect from accusations of his own sexual misconduct and verbal abuse. I don't know if that's true. I think like the timing's suspect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But now um, these women who've been coming forward um, and some of them are authors themselves, very accomplished authors, uh, Zinzi Clemens, Uh, who is an author of a 2017 novel called What We Lose. And she uh, got recognition as one of the National Book Foundation's Five Under 35. Like, she's a very exciting young author. Um, Tweeted, as a grad student, I invited Juno Diaz to speak to a workshop on issues of representation in literature. I was an unknown, wide-eyed 26-year-old, and he used it as an opportunity to corner and forcibly kiss me. I'm far from the only nope. one he's done no. this to. I refuse to be silent anymore. Um, no. Yeah. So, and then other people, like, there are other allegations as well of him just being, like, a fucking dick to people. Like, young people who bring him to speak to their class or something, and him just being, like, a fucking devo and being very, like, 
emotionally abusive. And so it's not just sexual misconduct allegations. It's also like, although that in itself is very serious and extremely bad, but also just like you're shitty shitty to people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I wanted to address that just because I had talked about him before on the show, but also, and I didn't know this, and I wanted to address it on the show. Fucking David Foster Wallace. <laughs> so oh, no. I had always talked about how he was a very talented author. He yeah. was hijacked yeah. by bros. Yes, yes, yes. And like it wasn't his fault and blah, blah, blah. And nope. I did not know this. And Jezebel has an article about it. Like we all were on the same page where they're like, hey, remember how we all know this and nobody cared? I genuinely did not know this. So there is an author named, oh wait, is she an author? She's a poet. I'm sorry. Um, Mary Carr. And she was stalked and abused by David Foster Wallace. And I did not know this. Um, Wait, this is so shitty. (laughs) No, it just... uh, That's how I feel this morning. Yeah, I mean, and it's bananas, the accusation. So uh, D.T. Max, who wrote Every Love Story is a Ghost Story, Mm -hmm. uh, A Life of David Foster Wallace... Mm -hmm. Mentions in passing in the book that Wallace um, threw a coffee table and tried to push car from a moving car, which she said is, quote, about 2% of what happened. Oh, you know, just something you can just like casually drop in. Yeah. Just like uh, he was a really good author. He brushed his teeth a lot. (laughs) You know, and then he almost pushed pushed a woman. You know, just uh, just real quick. We'll just mention that real quick. She also tweeted that David Foster Wallace tried to buy a gun, kicked me, climbed up the side of my house at night, followed my son, age five, home from school, (gasps) had to change my number twice. And he still got it. Months and months it went on. I didn't know any of it. I didn't know. That I, needs to be everywhere. There needs yeah, to be like no, a Yeah, no, admittedly, registry. it's not like I'm doing a lot of deeper reading on David Foster Wallace. Yeah. I would like to think had I read the the biography of him, I would have been like, I'm sorry, what? Excuse me, what? Threw a woman, mm-hmm. Tried to throw a woman mm-hmm. from a car? What? Okay. Uh, I'm sorry? No more. So, yeah, and the fact that, again, uh, that's probably just a fraction of what he did. Yeah. It's terrifying. So, Juno Diaz and David Foster Wallace. Rescinded Fuck recommendations. Nope. No, rescinded. Rescinded. You can't come to our party you anymore. You are canceled. Can you leave? I mean, David Foster Wallace is dead, but... Canceled? He's still canceled. I don't care for it. Uh, guys, on that note, let's go to my interview with Sarah Kenzier. Please follow her on Twitter. Please go buy her book. As she mentions in the interview, you can buy it at your local bookstore. You can buy it on Amazon. It's a great collection of essays. Please support her. She's great. And are you guys about to do something? Because I feel you <laughs> like breathless The energy is palpable. Right? Palpable. Here's my interview with Sarah Kenzier. Interview. God damn it. Thank you for doing the show. I obviously am very curious about your new book, The View from Flyover Country, and I'd like you to talk about that. Um, But before we get to your book, I was wondering if there's anything you're reading or watching or listening to right now that's giving you joy. Gosh, I mean, just like a lot of really cheesy Netflix <laughs> kind of shows and yes. whatnot. And, um, you know, and I've been rereading like some books with my daughter who's really into like dystopian fiction. We just finished uh, rereading The Hunger Games. So nice. I don't know if that's joy exactly, but, you know, it's uh, relevant to the political era we're in. So, yeah. Nice. Well, what are you watching on Netflix? Uh, for the well, it's not Netflix. I'm watching For the People, that okay. new show on ABC from Shonda Rhimes, which oh, you know yeah. has a a functioning New York um, judiciary, and so you know that's a, another nice fantasy show that I've uh, involved myself in. Awesome. But, yeah. Um, are you listening to any podcasts or music or anything that's sort of like a reprieve from everything that is awful right now? <laughs> 
I mean, Guns N' Roses. Hell yeah. I listen to Guns N' Roses all the time. <laughs> and, like, and now my son, you know, my son's seven, and he's, like, gotten really into, into Guns N' Roses. And, you know, he thinks Sweet Child of Mine was written about him. So let him think that. And, you know, he loves the acoustic version of You're Crazy. And I feel kind of bad because, you know, the, the profanity and whatnot. But, you know, he he just, like, it's fun to listen to the same music with oh your kid. And I'm sure he'll grow out of it like my daughter did and get into, like, Taylor Swift or something. So we'll see. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, what was the last movie you saw? Um... Oh, God. I, well, I just watched, I just rented the one that Greta Gerwig directed, Lady Bird. I yes. rented that. That was really good. Mm-hmm. I love uh, Laurie Metcalf. I thought the whole movie was, was good. I think she's a, you know, uh, underrated director. She should have gotten the Oscar nomination. But it's so rare that I get to go see anything new, you know? Yeah. Like, I always have to wait for something to come out um, on TV because the kids and paying for a sitter and whatnot. So Sure. Um, and I know you've probably been very busy with your own book, but is there anything that you've been reading that you would recommend to everyone? I'm trying to think. I'm sorry. I'm like spacing out. I'm trying to remember like what I read on the plane on the way there because I downloaded some things. So yeah, off the top of my head, no. I'm mean, like you're talking <laughs> to someone who just came off a book tour and I like, know. can't name the uh, the book that they were just reading. But uh, there's a lot of good stuff out. Um, I was looking through David K. Johnson's book because I was on um, a panel with him, and you know sometimes it's like with a Trump-related topic. I'm like, you know, holy shit, I've heard mm. this a million times before. I've been researching that, but his is really good. It's very thorough. It goes back 30 years of, um, you know, looking into Trump's dirty dealings. Uh, he was covering the story long before Trump, you know, began his presidential run in 2016. So I thought that, you know, he's definitely a person if you're interested in these sorts of topics to look at. Yeah, completely. Um, so, Let's talk about your book. Uh, first of all, congratulations on it. Um, if you had to recap what it's about, um, how would you describe it to everyone? Uh, well, it's a collection of essays that I wrote between 2012 and 2014 um, on a lot of of topics, politics, the economy, media bias. But if one thing kind of ties it together, um, it's corruption, it's the erosion of institutions, uh, the erosion of social trust. And these are all factors that precipitated the 2016 election. I think at the time I was writing these essays, people thought I was being overly pessimistic or they didn't really understand the kind of structural problems I was getting at. But a lot of the the stuff I described um, became mainstream parts of the presidential campaigns, for example, um, you know, labor exploitation or income inequality or, um, you know, racism in in the way that, uh, you know, Trump and other candidates uh, exploited, uh, you know, and showed racism and, and xenophobia throughout the campaign. And so it became very popular. Um, I published it first as an ebook in 2015. It became very popular after the election. And then I got an offer to publish it for the first time in print um, with some new material on the Trump administration and the direction that the country's going. So that's what's in there now. Why do you think that you were able to pick up on how dangerous the Trump administration would be or how dangerous Trump himself is and was as a candidate when so many other people were saying that you were exaggerating or, or being hyperbolic. Yeah, that was frustrating um, because the reason I think I picked up on it is due to my own area of expertise. Um, you know, where I have a PhD in anthropology and I studied the politics of the former Soviet Union, in particular, um, how dictators and their opponents used digital media uh, for political ends, which, of course, is something that was happening with the Trump campaign. And initially, Trump just reminded me um, of these kind of demagogues, these kind of kleptocratic autocrats that I studied in Central Asia. I didn't realize uh, back in 2015 that he was actually, you know, working with them and literally, um, was lurking, working alongside them. Um, I also am based in the Midwest. I'm, you know, I live in St. Louis, uh, in Missouri, Missouri voted for Trump. Uh, I was constantly meeting people who were in my mind conned by Trump in terms of believing that he was offering them a chance at economic prosperity or who shared his racist and xenophobic views. Um, I always thought that he had a good chance of winning. I knew he'd win the primary. I thought he'd probably win the general. I knew that if he got in, um, he'd govern like an autocrat. And I guess the third thing is, you know, I work in media um, and, you know, I talk 
talk a lot in my book about industries that have been hard hit since the recession and that never actually recovered um, from the recession. So you end up with an economic restructuring. And I think media is one of the most hard hit. It's one of the easiest industries to exploit. And if you're a demagogue uh, who's been hooked up in the media and business world of New York City for 40 years, who has all these contacts, who will say absolutely anything um, to get the airtime needed, it's very easy uh, to exploit that industry. And then when that doesn't work when that kind of, um, you know, putting on a show, a spectacle uh, for clicks and cash doesn't work, he will resort to blackmail and threats. And so I was worried that the media would essentially work as a Trump uh, PR and propaganda industry, which in many ways it did, and that that would help propel him to the presidency. Yeah. And I mean, we now see, you know, the White House Correspondents Dinner just happened and Michelle Wolf gave a, a great performance and the media couldn't wait to fall all over themselves um, as lapdogs to Trump, which was especially frustrating because 10 journalists just died in Afghanistan. And you would yes. think they would devote more attention and, and time to something like that. But they're talking endlessly about a comedian's set, <laughs> which is very yeah. frustrating and in defense of Trump, which is just extra obscene. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, all along, they've been digging their own grave because, you know, on one hand, Trump loves the media. He exploits the media. Um, they have kind of a WWE style relationship <laughs> where, you know, he gives them money, um, you know, or he helps them make money. Uh, they sort of confer legitimacy or they cover up his crimes. It's mutually beneficial. But when it really comes down to it, you know, Trump wants absolute power. He wants to make sure he's immune from prosecution. He wants to make sure he keeps his money and he will attack the First Amendment. He will attack journalists. He will threaten journalists. He has threatened journalists. He's targeted um, individual journalists and he's targeted particular outlets and tried to financially sink them as of his friends. And he has no respect for the First Amendment. So if you're a journalist and you're backing Trump and you're backing Sarah Huckabee Sanders, you know, who lies just pathologically on his behalf, you are sinking your own long term prospects. Like maybe in the short term, you'll have a book, uh, you know, you'll make some kind of financially beneficial deal out of this arrangement. But in the long term, you are sinking your own career and you're sinking, you know, democracy for this country. Like I kind of put the, the other one second because I don't think it seems particularly important uh, to some of the individuals involved. But if you're going to look at your own self-interest, uh, it's not even going to benefit that. So I would hope people would, uh, you know, recognize that, recognize that freedom of the press is, is not anything to take for granted under this administration and, and continue, you know, to fight for our rights. Right. Uh, because you were so good at predicting everything that has come to pass. I don't want to ask you to make predictions and like put you on the spot like that, but I, I did want to get your take on the Trump administration thus far and, and maybe how much worse do you think it's going to get? Have we seen the worst of it or is it, you know, just undeniable at this point that it, it will get worse because there's a bunch of fascist lunatics in the white house. Yeah. I mean, I think if you've, can learn anything from me. It's that it can always get worse. And you know, unfortunately, I do think, you know, as soon as he selected John Bolton as yeah. the NSA, like my heart sank and I became even more worried um, about his proclivity towards war. I mean, certain individuals tried to paint Trump as this kind of isolationist who wanted peace, um, you know, a dovish candidate, as Maureen Dowd said, but you know he's the opposite. He's a warmonger. He wants to bomb indiscriminately. Um, you know, when it comes to nuclear weapons, he said, if we have them, why aren't we using them? And then he goes and picks Bolton, who has the exact same attitude, you know, where war is the answer to every question, where he also wants to do preemptive strikes. And he understands the bureaucracy. He actually understands, you know, geopolitical alignments better than Trump does. Trump just sees it in, in you know, in terms of, um, you know, money laundering, like what can I get out of this country for myself? Like, what kind of arrangements can maybe Jared make with China? You know, that's the way he sees the world. Whereas <laughs> Bolton has this this perverse um, warmongering agenda. So I'm worried about that. 
um, I'm worried about potential war with Iran. I'm worried about them using Syria um, as a pretext to go into Iran. And then I'm, you know, I'm worried about Russia. I'm worried about the fact that, you know, they're essentially operating as if they're some kind of kleptocratic Russian proxy state, and that this investigation, um, you know, that Mueller is trying to to do is continually interfered with, and that they admit this interference. You know, Trump has confessed to obstruction of justice multiple times, and you know, this is on top of a lot of other federal violations this administration has made um, with the moments uh, with, you know, high crimes and misdemeanors. Like, there's a lot of reasons to get rid of these guys. And you could go through, like, each guy in the administration and, like, you know, have their own show about what they've done. Like, Scott Pruitt, you could have, like, a 24-hour, you know, 24-7 round-the-clock program just listing these crimes. <laughs> right. And there's no punishment. There's no consequences. And so I'm very worried about the lack of consequences. And I'm also worried about what kind of leverage uh, Russia may have, which, you know, everyone likes to talk about, you know, the P-tape or mm. sex tapes. I think it's more likely to be the fact that they've been hacking our infrastructure for a number of years, um, including major agencies like the State Department and the DOD, including our nuclear plants, um, you know, which are connected to our power grids, including our gas lines. That to me is real leverage. That's leverage mm. even over people who oppose Trump. It's not just, you know, over um, Trump himself. And so I don't think that's been looked at closely enough. I think, you know, cyber war is is the war of the future, uh, to John Bolton's disappointment, perhaps. Um, but, you know, either way, I, I feel like we're looking at, at two different kinds of wars. Um, you know, one is one of which is already there in terms of cyber war and one of which may be lo looming on the horizon in terms of, um, you know, a more conventional form of warfare, but both of which are very bad. Yeah. And I mean, to circle back to the media uh, it's so frightening what's happening with Iran because, you know, Netanyahu gets up in front of an audience and spouts a bunch of bullshit about Iran. And because we have a population in the U.S. that is very poorly educated uh, about the Iran deal because the media did a really bad job of covering it and explaining mm -hmm. it, he's able to misrepresent what the Iran deal was about. And the media is breathlessly reporting on it as though Iran has been shady and been lying when they have not been lying. Um, and that's incredibly dangerous because it allows the warmongers to have that leverage. Yeah, it's frightening. And, you know, Netanyahu straight up lied. You know, I saw people having to issue the correction where he said, you know, Iran, you know, is doing something and what he meant was was because, you know, right. what they had done was in the past. I mean, that's kind of a, you know, a major distinction to make. Um, you know, and I also worry about the connections between the Kushner family and the Netanyahu family. They have these this friendship and these financial ties that go back decades. You know, Netanyahu used to stay at Charles Kushner's house. And I think, you know, and they have investments in the West Bank. I think there's a lot of complicated financial arrangements um, between corrupt rulers, you know, of Israel, of the U.S., of Saudi Arabia, of Russia, um, in terms of the oligarchs, you know, surrounding Putin as well as Putin. And those financial dealings kind of are what is the bulwark of our policy. And I think that there are people, even in the Trump administration, who do not want that to be the foundation of policy. Like, you know, Mattis is too hawkish for my taste, but I at least think he's sort of looking at things from a traditional geopolitical strategy vector and not from a like, how much can I personally earn off of this, uh, you know, <laughs> this war crime uh, vector, which is, I think, how Netanyahu and Trump and, and Putin and others think. And so I'm hoping that, you know, more um, informed and rational minds prevail. Uh, but that hasn't been the tendency so far. You know, they've just been able to, you know, run uh, wild in terms of the policies, and they have not been checked by the GOP. Uh, they have not been checked, you know, by Congress in general because the GOP dominates Congress. And, you know, all the quote unquote adults in the room that so many had so much faith in, uh, like McMaster and so forth, you know, to keep Trump in line uh, were completely ineffective. And so that concerns me, especially with Bolton on board, because I think Bolton will find, uh, you know, Mattis and people like him to be very threatening. Mm. Uh, and before I let you go, where is the best place for everyone to get your book? Oh, wherever they want. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I support independent bookstores. Um, I've heard it's been selling well at those, and I'm glad about that. Um, it's also been doing well at Amazon. It's available at all Barnes & Noble. I mean, you know, I leave that that up to the consumer. And, of awesome. course, the library, too, although that doesn't benefit me. But, you know, <laughs> I support the library. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much.
Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Sarah. Please follow her on Twitter. Go pick up her book. Oh, buy it now. Spot Go, run. She does. She's great. It's also just great to talk to a journalist who doesn't live on one of the two coasts, you know? Yes. That's oh. also a very rare thing. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, I'm sorry to do this to you on a Monday, but we'll get through it together. Here is your bad news. Oh, no. I'm scared. Chloe just said, we're getting better <laughs> about your interest. This and sadly, I'm like, that is true. It's true. I like that you've only been able to get better because you're overtly telling each other what to do now. Um, I would just like to say I improvised. Mm, I'm scared. Chloe whispered, say oh no. (laughs) Chloe, really embracing the spirit of improv. (laughs) Just telling your scene partner what to do. Well, before every scene, I lean in like behind. You guys don't see on the back line, but Uh, I whisper, this is what we're going to do. I actually did do that in our practice the other day. This is a very boring improv talk and no one will care, but we did something called okay. a tracer. Yeah. It's very complicated. It's where someone lays down on the ground and we trace their body. Mm-hmm. That's and then what we did for two hours. Before practice, somebody else laid down clues and then we solve a murder mystery. Right, right. Oh, I wish that was a form of improv we still practice. Have to do, this is a, not to distract. We still have to do an escape room with the team. I know. I'm down. I know. We're too busy. We are. We are very busy people. But uh, basically what a tracer is, is you do a source scene and and plant time clues throughout it. Mm -hmm. Certain key things happen throughout the scene. Then the rest of the scenes that follow are references to those various things that happen in the source scene. It's very mathy and very complicated. You get in your head. You get in your head a lot. And it's very challenging. It was very fun, though. But at one point, I just looked at Rachel and I went, did we do everything we were supposed to do? And then, like, I just asked her. And then I immediately go, I'm a skydiver. (laughs) I was just very confused and I needed to verbalize. That um, going into that form was terrifying for me because I was like, oh, no. I've done drugs. My memory is shot. What is going to be retained? Well, right that now? wasn't something you thought in your head. You well, said I that out loud. You, you were went, like, I've, I've done, done too many drugs. drugs. <laughs> I just realized I have no time management skills. So I was just kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know how much time has passed right now. So I'm just totally. going to give it my best shot. It's just like interesting, like, like people's brains work so differently because you could see Shem. Shem thrived. He, like, the time was not an issue. He was just like, oh, this. This, this happened, happened now. Like, oh, this happened now. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, <clears throat> first bad news item. Uh, there is this banana story about uh, Suwatu Salama Ra, who is a black woman from Michigan. And she was, um, she alleges that a man. Um, tried to kill her her mother and her two-year-old daughter excuse me um and she defended them uh he was trying to uh hit them with his car uh terrifying where were what were they just like walking somewhere i'm sorry uh a woman was trying uh to hit her and her family with a car oh um and still not good no still not okay no uh very terrifying and ordinarily had she not been a black woman and she like was say for example a white person in an open carry state uh, or a stand your ground state and she did what she did next she would be probably hailed as a hero Mm -hmm. so she used a registered and unloaded gun Against this woman mm-hmm. who uh, she and her attorneys are claiming tried to hit them with a car. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a concealed carry permit holder mm-hmm. living in an open carry state. One with a stand your ground law. Okay. Everything's in place. And it was unloaded? It was unloaded. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now she's serving a two year prison sentence at Huron Valley Correctional Facility. But everything was allowed. I- Yep. This is a double standard that we cannot have. Oh, wait. It gets even worse. She's mm-hmm. seven months pregnant. I'm going to flip a table. And according to her attorneys, she's receiving insufficient medical care, including being shackled in her bed. No. During a vaginal exam, which actually is what? very common. Is this the handmaid's tale? That's very common to that they shackle inmates. Yeah. When they're having medical exams. What the fuck? Uh, so they can't, like, grab a scalpel oh, like, Yeah, but... 
And even they're doing all of this even though her pregnancy is high risk. So the case is currently under appeal, but the judge yeah. deciding her fate, Thomas Hathaway, has already denied a request to postpone Ra's sentence until she gives birth. What? Um, what did they charge her with? Felonious uh, assault and felony firearm convictions. Fucking so this <sighs> woman tried to hit them with a the car. Mm-hmm. And her and her family. She yeah. like then like got out like did did the gun thing I don't know if you know did the gun thing happen immediately after they tried to hit her with their car from what like, I understand yeah I think she it was just like a, oh I have an unloaded I have a gun yeah like don't fuck with my family type mm-hmm. situation has any has this other woman been charged with attempted murder I don't think she's mentioned yeah um I mean maybe maybe she has been but in this ar- specific article Are they really not talking um uh that's bananas yeah it's Um, absolutely insane uh especially when how many stories have we seen about unarmed black men being killed by terrified white people who then get to claim oh i was standing my ground she actually was in fear for her life where's like all these where's all the second amendment self-defense yeah like where are those people where are they jacking off it's weird that they're not speaking up yep do you know the race of the woman who tried to i do not i do not um i mean i hate guns i hate guns i hate them um but this is if if it was registered if it was unloaded whatever if we're playing it by the rules that have been set for us Mm -hmm. i don't understand how that's possible uh yeah so they have um, a more specific breakdown of what happened between these women. So um, Chanel Harvey is mm-hmm. the parent of a girl who had been fighting with Ra's niece at school. When Harvey brought her daughter to the home of Ra's mother, Rhonda Anderson, for a sleepover on July 16th, Ra asked the girl to leave. Uh, what followed is still unclear. At first, Harvey told police that when she returned to pick up her daughter from Anderson's home, Roth threatened her, then pulled a gun out of her car after saying, I got something for you. Harvey then told police that she took pictures of Ra holding the gun and then drove to the police station and filed a complaint. But that's not what Ra and her family say happened. In a video made for supporters of Ra's case, Ra said that Harvey was literally going back and forth with this car, putting it in reverse and fixing herself to come at us again and go after my mother who was also standing very close to me and wasn't able to run. Harvey told police that she may have accidentally hit Ra's car while leaving Anderson's property. She accidentally hit it. According to Ra, she then pulled her two-year-old daughter out of her car where she had been playing during the dispute, then grabbed her unloaded gun out of her car and pointed it at Harvey. After Harvey left, Ra also filed a police report. Um, But again, like, the she said, she said, details aside we have seen so many cases that are way way more shady than this oh yeah where white defendants have been able to claim stand your ground privileges and then they get off scot-free so like i'm not claiming whoever is telling the truth in this case aside Mm -hmm. the gun was unloaded nobody got shot yeah this woman is pregnant and you're putting her in jail for two years like that's insane insane and it never would have had like imagine if this had happened between like two white guys oh my god well the thing is if it was no never mind i was gonna say if it was two white guys would have been loaded someone would have got (laughs) yeah it would have been unloaded it would have been a straight up the thought process of maybe Maybe i should maybe right maybe should i not should i not Um, you know what i'm gonna do it anyway ford truck Toby was so proud. And there wouldn't have been a kid in it because he's not taking care of the baby. That's, That's right. right. Snap. Let's snap for her. What other insightful uh, commentary? Uh, fucking, I don't know what I'm trying and to say. And his dick would have been Stereotypes. Out. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, what other stereotypes? And he would have smelled. Was it clear I was snapping? Yes. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, I was like, did people, do, are they like, what's that weird noise? Anyway. Uh, Chewing gum. Second bad news item. Mm. A oh, <laughs> Rachel just saw the headline. Yeah, um, see ya. The mm-hmm. California Republican Party recently had to denounce a Republican Senate uh, Senate candidate who has denied the Holocaust happened and called for a country quote unquote free from Jews. Mm. Ugh, they had to they had to denounce him. Oh boy, uh, Patrick Little, a self described pro white candidate. 
Jesus Patrick, Christ. what does that mean? Yeah. Is polling at second in the race against Senator Dianne Feinstein, despite his extremist views. But the GOP, as Rachel said, was forced to reject him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because he called for a country free from Jews. I bet. Which is a genocidal comment. A little bit. Like, oh. She's like, it's pretty subtle, but like a little bit. It's, it is subtle. You do have to read between the lines a little a bit. A little bit. I just like, uh, I don't understand anymore. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand anymore why, I don't know. It's, I live in my coastal bubble of. Oh, but the thing is, like, well, we also have racism and anti-Semitism here. No, we do. Yeah. We do. But I, I, it's so hard for me to understand the thought process of religion and ethnicity becoming a scapegoat for things going wrong. Like I understand. It happened, baby. No, 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 no. I. It's uh, always happened. (laughs) Who studied post-Holocaust relations in college? I did. (laughs) Chloe's like me. Me. I, I, I just can't understand. I'm maybe I'm not empathetic enough. To like understand, understand their gets side there. of it. I don't want to understand. understand like, not understand their side of it, but just like how does it get to that point in someone's brain? Yeah. Mm. Well, you have a party that capitalizes on fear and anger mm-hmm. and says, oh, the reason you're not making money is because these people are taking all the money, as is the case with certain anti-Semitic mythology yeah. where, yeah, the, the greedy Jews uh, steal us. all the money and hoard That's all me. the wealth. Yeah. I've got a I pile like, of money in my I think apartment. like yeah. all those, yeah, well, the only part of it I understand, not like, the, like, if I try to understand where it comes from, like anger and hatred and all those things, like you said, are manifestations of fear. So mm-hmm. whatever they're scared of is how this, it like comes out. So I, th- I mean, he's a white man, so he probably fears losing his power sure. and wealth. Sure, that's well, all I got. That's the best I can understand. But that literally is so much of what it is. Like, certain minority groups have acquired a little bit more power and and legal rights, and this is the totally calm response from certain white people, where mm-hmm. they're just like, "So we have to kill the Jews, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we're all on the same page, right? Society has okay. slightly changed." Mm-hmm. We're all on the same page here. We yeah. have to eradicate the Jews. Okay, Let's great. Get them out. Yep, Next measure. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, it, it literally is that. Like, a lot of people have been talking about insoles lately. The the guys who claim they're involuntarily celibate because women won't fuck them. But that that's a whole. It's sort of similar in the sense that men feel they're owed sex. Yeah. Uh, and because women have gained a little bit more power and legal rights and are like, actually, no, we're not property that you have the right to have sex with. Hey, I'm owed sex. Men are like, cool, so we can kill you because we're pissed off about that? Mm. Uh, It's the same thing where, like, society's changing and they're panicking and they're fucking afraid and... Let's kill anything in our way. Yeah, they're pissed off. Yeah. Do you not... That's how... Is that not your... That's... Huh. You know, surprisingly... Yeah, and then also let's give them really easy access to guns to do it. And you know what? Let's let we should let them make the laws. You know what? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yes. Okay. Good. Oh man. Let's, Girls. Yes. Let's let them. Write. Good meeting. Done. <laughs> that's this and is why that's, that's happening because the three happens. of us had that meeting. Yeah. yeah. Sorry guys. We <laughs> sorry. really dropped the wall on that one. So sorry. It seemed like a really good idea at the time. But I had we an were, agenda. Yeah. yeah. Rachel had a binder. Yeah. She oh my God, came yeah. really prepared. It was color coded. I was impressed. Yeah. We dropped the ball. We dropped, we dropped it. it. Yeah. Sorry. It was oh. heavy. <laughs> Guys, before you go out the rest of your day, I want to leave you on a happy note. Here is your good news. It's the good, good news. Good news. <laughs> What did you just compare that to? <laughs> Ashanti and Ja Rule. <laughs> what? What? Ashanti, Ashanti and Ja Rule. Yeah, you guys are exactly like Ashanti that and felt ja Rule. Exactly like That's it. me. Uh, so, we have been covering the story of the two black men who were arrested in Starbucks. Um, it was 
an absurd story about uh, Rashawn Nelson and Dante Robinson, two guys who were meeting at Starbucks like so many people do every day uh, because they had a business meeting Mm because they're two entrepreneurs and Starbucks is a good place to have a meeting. I have meetings at Starbucks all the time. Uh, Uh But because they're two black men, they were perceived by management as being a a threat and loitering so uh, the manager I, I believe waited like two minutes before they called the cops on them which as we know in america can be a death sentence to, yes. to uh, young black totally. men so having a meeting having a meeting um yeah so they have now settled um their lawsuit against starbucks for a, a symbolic dollar each and they requested a $200,000 program be set up for young people, oh. which I'm just like, <laughs> like, is such a good, noble thing to do. Yes. Yeah. So noble. Yeah. And they, they're setting it up for young entrepreneurs like themselves. Um, and I, I just love that they did this because obviously whenever there's a lawsuit, um, people will accuse the people suing of doing it for financial gain, which is a fucking stupid thing to do because I can't think of a less appealing way to get money than almost being like killed by police. But I think it just was a great smart way to shut up those people and say, Hey, that was a super smart move. Yeah. And not even like, not to like you cause you can't like quantify like a good, deed or like yeah. a good thing but like think about as a young entrepreneur how good that money would be for like oh my gosh it oh, just could like, have totally said uh, which like yeah. not to like like which is like totally outside the realm of like whatever like but just like even it's even better than it already like, right right which is insane these it, are good people it just it also just reminded me of like you know trying to find something good in a tragic story like mm-hmm. james shaw jr the guy who disarmed the waffle house white supremacist shooter you know raising money for the funerals of the people who died like it never undoes the bad thing but it's just so inspiring when someone who was in the center of this tragedy turns it into a good thing like i just really admire people like that because they have all of the rights to be angry yeah. and yeah and like resentful, resentful and hold a grudge and like who the hell knows like they probably I, are they probably are yeah. and they have every right to be but to take those negative emotions and then be like you know what we're young we entrepreneurs we were meeting to discuss our our business prospects whatever they might be why don't we make it easier for future young entrepreneurs yeah. like us What's like the opposite thing we can do of being of having the cops called on you at Starbucks? Here's two hundred thousand dollars. Help the fucking youth. Yeah. <laughs> help the. Like, I'm just like youth. help the fucking youth. <laughs> I'm, just, the youth. I'm just in youth awe out of these there. people. <laughs> What's like, that? I said I'm genuinely just in awe. I know. Like, I I really because as someone who really really values her own personal grudges, um, <laughs> <laughs> whenever someone and like has not been wronged. Uh, a fraction of how you know like these two guys have been wronged um it's just it is so inspiring because it's like yeah they they are leaving the world a better place um after something really fucking sucky happened to them yeah it's oh i love it yeah so before we go guys i wanted to ask you uh has there any have you seen anything or heard anything overheard anything yep that's how you say that that made you smile recently um well last night i went to dinner with my friend who's moving and we were sitting and waiting for a table and i don't know if this made me smile it just was really funny to me there was a woman standing outside one of the outside tables uh singing happy birthday uh-huh. but like the happy birthday oh yeah oh yeah the good happy. one uh but like over and over and over and over and over and over again <laughs> like maybe for like at least 40 minutes <laughs> how how was everyone responding around her hey, everyone was just having a good time Aww. and loving her and i was like they're like letting her live her life one of the women at the table also had uh Tissue paper in both of her noses. What? <laughs> it was just like such like a motley crew of people. Yeah, and I was like, what a mess. they found their people. Oh, I love it. It was I love. cute. 
That is a great thing about New York City. You will find your tribe. Yes, it was really adorable. Even if they're oh, hot messes like you. Happy birthday. Oh, I wanted it to be my birthday. You know, people were probably thinking that about us at Birdies, where they're like, look, look at, at those that weirdos. <laughs> disaster. Yes. Bless that they met each other. Bless. <laughs> That's what happened, Chloe. <laughs> oh, man. I don't. Uh, can it be a conversation I had? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so I like hadn't talked to. Uh, Han- my sister Hannah in a while because mm-hmm. we like we, we're on very different schedules so we'll just like send quick text text yeah. or like have like a five minute call and it's like bye bitch I gotta go do this right uh, and we just happened I like was going to practice and I was like an hour early so I was like oh, I'll call Hannah see if she's around and we just happened to catch each other perfectly where we talked for like 30 or 40 minutes and it was just like so nice to catch up with her Aww. and also weird Is that 30, she's 40 growing minutes long for you yeah usually it's like five or ten minutes okay. of like bullshit yeah I can, I can talk like yeah. over an hour yeah i was yeah. like that's such a short call to me i not the call like that talking that long isn't just like that we were able to do like right. usually yeah, time right. doesn't afford us that guys, yeah. uh so we just like caught up and like what's what, the age difference between you guys four years okay so i younger. left for call co- yeah so like i left for college when she was entering high school like, okay so we like missed that part of each other's mm-hmm. lives which was like weird yeah uh so we just like caught up and like bullshitted. And then since we're like talking for that long, it lets us delve into like deeper things. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, ooh, I love this. Uh, and it was also good because she's like growing up and I like miss that. I like don't Aww. hear that right, part right. From, of her. So it was very nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That totally counts. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. If you have a good conversation with family, I think that counts. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was a good positive thing. I don't have an answer. Okay. Uh, wait. <laughs> I've only seen death. Let me, yeah, disaster. Well, kind of. uh, I'm trying to think. Was was uh, touching my nipples not? Does oh, that not count? Yeah. That's weird. Twice in Twice. two days. <laughs> yeah. That and counts as my I promise death. you all it was for a good reason. It was for a good cause. It was for charity. Uh, it wasn't <laughs> I donated <charity>. $100. Every time I did it, Rachel... Donated a hundred dollars yeah. to charity. Uh, yeah, just no. The first time was charity. just like drunken absurdity at Birdie's. So and the second time was, and this is your fault. In an yeah. improv scene, <laughs> you walked you out with the prom. She goes, "Touch my nipples," and I went, "Okay." Boop. <laughs> I did. I uh, got a big laugh. Got a real big Worth laugh. it. Worth it. In a practice, I'll do one audience member. Mm-hmm. But she loved. She loved it. Um, is there anything coming up that you guys are looking forward to or excited about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, like the weather is the nice. W- oh, my God. No, uh, that actually. Cuba motherfuckers. Yes. Yeah. Cuba motherfuckers. My passport is when I'm leaving. I told Eric this the other day. I am legitimately afraid that we're going to lose Chloe. Oh, <laughs> I'm not even afraid of it. It's in the reality that I've accepted. Like, can we put a tracker on can her? Can we also just say I am the only one who speaks Spanish? No, that's not true. No. You speak Spanish? I speak Spanish. See, bitch. You don't speak Spanish. I took eight, seven or eight years of Spanish. Okay, so cool. how come you've never spoken to me when I speak Spanish? Because I understand it. Comprendo más de puedo hablar. <laughs> I'm shocked. Do <laughs> you speak Spanish? A little, un poco. Yes. Okay. Well, then fine. <laughs> Bye. Have fun. Have fun. I can- <laughs> Rachel really thought she had leverage over <laughs> us so and is now like furious. She's like, oh. All right. You I did just, just learn. I, I'm not claiming to be fluent. I no. understand better than I speak. I'm gonna I'm gonna run into trouble. People will be talking to me and I'm gonna get all of it. I'm not gonna be able to express what I right, want right. to say. Just like yeah, and I'll answer in English. Okay. Um so that's a good thing to look forward to. Don't underplay the weather thing, man. Like as soon as it got nice out, I felt my fucking seasonal depression. Chill the fuck out for a second. Yeah. Is this something? This is something I'm looking forward to, but it's something I'm happy about. Okay, I got a new therapist. Uh, yes, yeah. that's good news. She's lovely. That's Aww. awesome. I love her so much. I was just talking about that on the show with Parker Malloy because uh, she had a really bad experience with a therapist, mm-hmm. and now she found somebody new. And we were like trying to b- give encouraging words to people who maybe it it took a lot for them to find that first therapist and then it doesn't work out and they're like fuck well therapy doesn't work for me and it's yeah. like no, no no you gotta experiment with so therapists different. and if you're on medication oftentimes with the medication as well they gotta like experiment oh, with dosages yeah. and different kinds of medication so don't lose hope hang no. in there no. i was like oh this is what all therapy is and then i went to this and i was like this is what it needed to be thank yeah. you laura that's awesome i love that that's great love her 
Mm-hmm. Um, guys, please, please, if you're in a position to do so, Light Trees and News is 100% listener supported. That's why you don't hear ads on the show nope. yeah. yet, dot, 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 because oh. your girl's got to pay bills. Yeah. But in the meantime, 100% listener supported. Please go to lighttreason.news if you're in a position to do so and sign up at $5 a month or a one-time donation. I mean, you can sign up at a higher tier, too. Yeah. I just like to tell people that you can do it for as little as $5 a month. Yeah. That is $5? like a Starbucks, one Starbucks a month. Yeah, one. Rachel calls Starbucks Starbucks. One <laughs> Foamy latte, right? For Allison. Yeah. You don't need another foamy latte, do Mm-mm. you? Mm-mm. Maybe you do. I don't know. But if Actually, you feel like yourself and Allison. Yeah, yeah. If you feel like you could do with one less latte than you usually yeah. get. Lighttreason.news. Also, I have a Patreon. Patreon.com <gasps> slash Allison Kilkenny. Oh, we do such fun stuff over yeah. there. So many sillies. Oh, so many serious online hangouts. We do. We answer your questions. If you're a $5 a month member or higher, we'll answer your Patreon questions on Light Trees and News. If you're a $50 a month member, I send you letters once a month. Um, <gasps> My life is kind of chaos right now, but once I moved and all of that stuff, I intend to do way more stuff with merch uh, once I have money Hell yeah. <laughs> and all that stuff. But uh, there are a few Desi calendars left. If anybody oh. signs up at the $10 a month level or higher over at Patreon, I think I have one, two, three, four, five or six calendars left. <gasps> get em, Ooh, get on it. So yeah, if you sign up at $10 a month over at Patreon, not only do you get the calendar, you also get to do the online hangouts. Ooh, baby. so fun. We talk about usually serial killers, I'm not going to lie. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, but also our pets, uh, music mm. we're listening to, books yes. we're reading. Ooh. Just like, yeah, nice. interests. All of our interests, and Ooh. it's so fun. And I've gotten a lot of really good recommendations through the online hangouts yeah. too. Hell yeah, which I like because I'm a type of person where I'll listen to the same song like a Me thousand too. times in a row, yes. and then be like, "Is this my phone? Yeah, it's not mine. Is it? <laughs> I had no idea I put it back there. Sorry, guys, I just confused myself. I'll listen to the same song like a thousand times in a row, and then I'll be like, "I don't. I need new music. I know. Yeah. Where do I find new music?" And then I go to the online hangout. I'm like, ah, this is what you guys it. are listening to. So get on that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Light Trees and Pod, but we're also on Instagram. <gasps> Ooh, the pics. Oh, yes. And uh, the pics. And uh, Facebook, Light Trees and News. Follow us there as well. And guys, thank you so much for listening. If you have thoughts about anything we talked about on today's episode or any episode, hashtag Light Trees and Pod on Twitter or email us at light treason news hold on is that right i never plug the email i this the, i do this on my podcast i never know the website <laughs> it's light treason news at gmail i never plug the email yeah, but that you, is that's another way it. to reach us if if you have any comments because i don't want people to feel like they can't comment on the show if they're not a patreon member yeah, yeah. but yeah there's a, a million ways to reach me and the show and us Find Guys, us. Yeah. Please follow Rachel and Chloe on Twitter at Real Slim Chata at It's The Chew. Yeah. They're both on Instagram as well. Yes, baby. Posting mean pics and mean stories. Hell yeah. yeah. There's a lot of pics of my dad on there today. Oh, oh. Yeah. Well, it'll be tomorrow. Yeah. Happy Magic. birthday. It's my dad's birthday. Papa Chata. <gasps> Happy birthday. Srinivas. Give a shout out. Srinivas Chata, it's your birthday. Live your life. <laughs> yes. Your dad is a cool guy. I was literally, yes. I could just tell. I like him. Based on the photos, I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Papa Chata. Cool. Uh, he likes to be called that, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I'm going to call him. Cool. When I meet him, and he's going to be very confused. <laughs> he's like, who is this woman? <laughs> Papa, Papa Chata. Papa Chata. That's what I called my grandpa who died. Oh, sorry. Oh, well. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, guys. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you have a great day while you're at it. Get out there and cause a little trouble. Love you. Bye.